Hey folks, good morning or good evening or afternoon or good middle of the night, wherever you are. This is Amy. Um, I'm just reaching out to everybody during what feels like a very dark time. And I'm reaching out because I think that a lot of us feel the same way. And even if we cannot see a clear path forward or a light at the end of the tunnel right now, it seems important to just share our thoughts and feelings with one another in community. And I know we've been covering a lot of um, heavy duty stuff, the war in Israel and Gaza, ceasefire resolutions, at least in Santa Cruz, California, and the aftermath of all of that death and dying in Israel and in Gaza, you know, the coming election, we're going to be getting into more on Moment of Truth. And to be honest, um, what was a total shit show before the Israel-Gaza war started is now, you know, it it feels exponentially worse now with the Israel-Gaza or Israel-Hamas war and Biden being, you know, basically full of shit <laughs> in terms of how he approaches Israel on this and, um, you know, talking about trying to limit humanitarian catastrophe while at the same time bypassing Congress in order to get weapons and bombs that then, you know, Mike Pence is over in Israel signing the bombs before they're shot off over to Gaza where, you know, uh, they are killing women and children and doctors and healthcare workers and journalists and UN relief workers and so on and so forth. So, uh, you know, the election and here's Donald Trump, (laughs) cheese with you know, his Project 2025 agenda and his agenda to seek vengeance upon all his enemies, who knows who who that might be, anyone from activists on the left to journalists to politicians to elected officials to Democrats of all stripes. I mean, I think it's pretty clear who and what Donald Trump now is. Um. And we're looking at a Christo-nationalist, what I would call a Christo-fascist state under Donald Trump. And interestingly, these people who are rabidly, you know, pro-Israel for the sake of Christian prophecy, uh, you know, just remember that Jewish people are not ascending to heaven during the rapture, okay, in that, in that, uh, in that vision (laughs) of the end times, um, You know, they're also declaring at Turning Point USA conferences that Jewish people cannot lead this country. So what a shit show. You know, the shit show that existed is now the shit show exponentially compounded by this war and by the fallout from the war, which also means that Joe Biden is losing votes. And Joe Biden is losing votes in Michigan, Arizona, Georgia, where there's a large population populations, voting populations of Arab Americans, where his popularity rating has gone from 50-something plus percent to like 15 or 14 percent now amongst that population. 
Um, and also tanking amongst young voters and frankly, a lot of a lot of older voters as well who do not support his stance on this war. The corporate centrist Democrats are way off from public sentiment, which shows that polls are showing, basically polls are showing that most Democrats favor a ceasefire. Most Americans favor a ceasefire by figures like 60 to 70 to 80 percent we've seen. So the future, and I, um, I have to tell you, I am at a a writer's retreat. It's called Mesa Refuge, and it's a, it's a place for writing on the edge is what they say, and I'm in good company here. I have Rebecca Solnit has signed um, her autograph um, in the closet here along with Michael Pollan and Daniel Ellsberg. Um, Michael Shabon has been here. Um, all kinds of amazing. Naomi Klein's book is on the shelf under Mesa authors. Um, my father was here. Robert Frenet, who wrote a book called Pulse, and who was who I did my first residency with. I'm on an alumni week stay, but my first residency was through an application process. And I feel like early on I was here a couple times, and then my father was here. My father has passed away. I found his book on the shelf here. And we're also in the middle of these atmospheric rivers in California, just rainstorm after rainstorm and fog and mists and clouds. It's such a beautiful landscape up here in Point Reyes, California, but also has been just covered in mist and fog. Um, And so honestly, it's been a bit gloomy uh, and I felt very sad with all the losses I used to come and visit my friend, the novelist Blair Fuller, who lived in San Francisco and had a house in Tamales, very old school, genteel man who uh, took me under his wing when I was a young writer, journalist in San Francisco. I lived across the street from him and I used to come up to Tamales quite a bit. He'd let me use the house when he was out, you know, to stay and to write, um, So I drove up to Tamales from Point Reyes. It's about a half hour drive on a beautiful windy road along the seashore, along the Tamales Bay where there's uh, people farm oysters and there's little seafood shacks and restaurants and little pubs (laughs) and cute little tiny villages of, you know, I don't know, 20, 30 homes. Marshall is one of them. And as I was driving through the mist, I just felt the need to share with you all this feeling of sadness that I have because I know that a lot of people do and I've been grappling with the sadness of having lost people of sort of like um, my nostalgia for my youth when I used to come up here. It was literally 15 years ago, I think it's been since I've been here. And also just the sadness for our nation and for the world and what it means to have a Republican, even even a DeSantis or Nikki Haley, what it means for the world in terms of um, climate crisis, women's rights, um, you know, a plurality in our democracy, a pluralistic society and acknowledgement of the harms perpetrated on people of color and, and, and LGBTQ plus people being under attack right now. Um, you know, we need to heal. We need to come together. We need to listen to one another and we need to heal via and through that deep listening 
to create a nation that is for all people, um, that welcomes migrants who are fleeing from violence and poverty and from climate change, which we have helped to create. I mean, we've been one of the grossest polluters in terms of greenhouse gases in the world. And that affects, you know, these more southern nations, what people call the global south, and people are fleeing because of what we have done, not to mention what we did in the past in overthrowing democratically elected governments in Guatemala, in Chile, in um, and, you know, f- supporting death squads in El Salvador. I mean, we were so involved in Latin America and around the world as an imperialist nation, as a capitalist nation, you know, and we don't want to recognize or make amends or make reparations for any of that. And that is not, that is not how the world works. That's not how spirit works. You know, spirit is about a sense of abundance that we can give and we will grow from that and actually expand from that and be better for that and be more abundant for that. And that's not where this country is heading in terms of the Republican Party. Uh, You know, Joe Biden has done some very good things. I'm actually learning a lot here on this retreat because I'm with someone who worked in immigration in D.C., at the very top, top levels and can tell me what Joe Biden was doing and planning to do. Um, And some of the really good things that have come out in Build Back Better and the um, Inflation Reduction Act, which people don't know. There's so much in there that's actually quite positive. And yet as activists and change makers, we often focus on the negative and Right now, people don't want to vote for Biden. Honestly, I'm feeling indifferent to Biden because of this war. So Lord knows what's going to happen. I'm going to vote for Marianne Williamson in the primary. I like her message. I'm not afraid of A Course in Miracles. I'm actually a student of A Course in Miracles. It's not a religion. It's a spiritual book. It's basically just a spiritual, a very beautiful spiritual book, a very complex and (laughs) hard to read spiritual book. But the messaging in that book is not dissimilar from the messaging in Buddhism or from the three principles psychology that I work with. So I'm going to vote for Marianne. I don't know what I'm going to do in the fall. I mean, likely if Biden's still the candidate, I will vote for Biden because it's about harm reduction at this time. I mean, if Trump wins, we are looking at an authoritarian state. Full stop. We may not have elections. In fact, we probably will not have elections Uh, Four years after 2024, we will not have elections in 2028. It will be Trump again, or it will be Ivanka or Ivana. I forget her name, which one. (laughs) Anyway, um, that's the scenario, folks, and the implications for the whole global condition around climate change with these climate denialists funded by fossil fuels, aligned with the petrostates, aligned with Russia, aligned with Putin, aligned with the, you know, patriarchy of Saudi Arabia and the patriarchy of so many petrostates. Um, you know, it, it, it's a dismal looking future. It's dismal. <laughs> okay, did I cheer you up yet? <laughs> but the reason I'm saying all this is because I have been, I normally am an optimistic person in the sense of we do what we can, we do our best, 
We don't know what everyone else is doing. We know that there's tremendous humanity across the world in all of us, and most of us just want to live and raise our families and make an honest living and a good living, a good enough living, and we want peace. You know, even I believe a lot of Trump supporters are just supporting Trump because they've been they bought into the hype and the bullshit, you know, but they actually believe that they're not racist. And, they, you know, some of them are, frankly, outright racist, the Nazis, the Klan folks, you know, who are all part of that of that movement right now. But I think there are people who really think that they're that they're doing good that they want to bring down actually multinational corporations, for example. You know, but these are all lies spun out by basically a cult leader and multi-level marketing uh, executive. (laughs) So having said all that, I know things look gloomy and things look dark. Even now, I cannot see any blue skies outside my window. And I found um, on the bookshelves here at Mesa Refuge a book by Rebecca Solnit called Hope in the Dark. And Hope in the Dark, when she talks about dark, she speaks to the idea of a womb as being dark. That darkness might mean the creation of something new, of a new era, of a new way of being. And she speaks in Hope in the Dark, which was written, I think, back in 2003. And she's had many other amazing books. I highly recommend Rebecca Solnit, but I had never read this book. And she talks about how activists often want to see immediate changes, and they often can't see how all the results of our activism and engagement and civic participation actually have led to so many changes in our society that we now we now are seeing a backlash to these changes, but we haven't been enjoying up until now, you know, the fruition of women's rights and gay rights and uh, the the civil rights um, movement and e- ecological books and activism. I mean, w- without the activism, without the pushing from society, from regular human beings, we would not the world would be a much worse, much, much worse place. So she talks about hope in the dark and not knowing. And that's something I think about the fog and the mists here that like we, it just means we can't see right now. We cannot see. It doesn't mean total catastrophe. It just means that right now we cannot see because we are surrounded by the mist or Rebecca Solnit calls it the dark. I also um, brought with me a book by David Spangler, who was at Findhorn, and it's called The Call. And he talks about what shall we do as individuals and how we're all waiting for like some big important calling, like to make us, you know, the hero of the story that saves the world or wins on the issue or, you know, fights for the people or for the planet. And sometimes, I love this book because it sort of busts a lot of that mythology, sort of Western mythology about heroes and individuals making these huge changes all by themselves. David Spangler talks about the background call. 
And he accepts that sometimes people have a call, a particular call. It might, it may not be as grand as one would envision or hope, but it's unique to you. It's something you should be doing because it's your passion and it's your vision and it's your skill set. And I believe that to be like everyone should do what's meaningful to them and find their niche in this world and help. You know, I think everyone should be helping right now, especially with this election. We should all find a place to be, whether it's postcard writing or getting out the vote or, you know, what the heck ever. But but if we're not seeing that clearly right now, if we're in the fog and mist of the unknown and confusion or doubt, David Spangler talks about the background call, which is the call to simply be loving, be a loving human being, just to be loving with those around us, to be loving toward ourselves, to let ourselves like rest and take breaks and contemplate and have joy and have fun or just care about those people who are right in our immediate worlds. And that can mean also being introspective and seeing how we have not been doing that or how we've been caught up in our ego, our personal thought systems, you know, that's creating more hurt and chaos uh, for those around us and for ourselves. So that's been resonating with me because I've been depressed and upset here and bummed out about the world and not sure even if the book project I'm working on is a good idea and just not feeling inspired. And, and so these two books, The Call by David Spangler and Hope in the Dark by Rebecca Solnit were both really helpful to me to just understand that we, we don't know we do our best, and when we don't even know what to do, we can just rest and reflect and contemplate our own personal growth, our own personal understanding of life at this time. I mean, there's more things that I'm working on, uh, developing ideas for my book around attachment and the big picture. And we certainly have been through dark times in the past, very dark times. People thought we would be annihilated annihilated by nuclear weapons uh, back during the Cold War and World War II. Didn't, no one knew which way that would turn. Um, you know, we've been through some very dark times. And so having a sense of perspective about the way that change happens and the sort of up and down nature of change, I think is helpful right now. And I'm just... You know, I'm just reaching out to you, all my listeners, however many, if it's 20 or a 1,000, I, I don't know <laughs> at this point with Moment of Truth, but I just, this is my little heartfelt message to you in the midst of all the reporting that we've been doing, my incredible team, Todd, Vara, Mayling, Nyanko. It's been really great to be working with everyone um, on the show and I, if you resonate, please do subscribe, like, comment on the YouTube uh, channel for Moment of Truth with Amy Chen Mills and also on the new iTunes podcast. We need um, reviews, which will help to boost the podcast. If you believe in the podcast, if you're finding it helpful, that would be great. And if you have comments or questions and you want us to address them on the show, send them to amy, A-M-I, at ksqd.org. That's amy, A-M-I, at ksqd.org. And um, your thoughts about what I'm sharing here. How do you find hope at this time? Where are you putting your energies at this time? 
Are you burnt out? Do you need to rest? And how are you resting at this time? Because there's more of us than there are of these wackadoodles <laughs> who want to set up a Christo-authoritarian, Christo-nationalist state. There are far more of us who really believe, actually, in what I would call Jesus' true words of justice and equity and love, love for all. That's really the message. That's really the message. Anyway, that's all I have to say. I think I see a little tiny, tiny wash of blue in the sky. It could be my imagination. It could just be what I want to see. <laughs> but uh, it's my last day at the Mesa Refuge, and I wanted to just say hi to you all and say, hey, I'm with you. I feel you. And we will move forward together. Mm-hmm.